And now, Fighting the Thorns of Life with Kimberly Nichelle. Hey guys, thanks for joining me for part two of Fighting the Thorns of Life, the internal enemy we all know is cancer. I'm your host, Kimberly Nichelle. For the month of October, we are continuing to discuss on the various colors of cancer. On the last episode, we actually discussed the color blue for colon cancer and how it has affected my immediate family and my life. On this episode, we'll be discussing breast cancer, which we all know is represented by the color pink. And then we'll be discussing brain cancer, which is represented by the color gray. These two cancers, like colon cancer, has also plagued me and my family. Did you know that every two minutes a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer and one in eight women will receive that diagnosis? Breast cancer is an older woman's diagnosis. Stats show that more than 250,000 women under the age of 40 in the U.S. live with breast cancer diagnosis. And at least 13,000 more young women will be diagnosed this year alone. Breast cancer doesn't only attack women. About 2,620 new cases of invasive breast cancer are expected to be diagnosed in men in 2020. And sadly, stats show that about 42,170 women in the U.S. are expected to die in 2020 from breast cancer. These stats clearly show that breast cancer does not single out one gender, and it does not single out one age group. But this aggressive, vile, and cruel disease continues to hurt those in its path with no remorse, including my sister, who was one of its victims. It was back in 2016 when breast cancer crept into my life. I say the word crept because it was such a surprise and an outcome truly shocked me. On March 25, 2016, I was sitting in my recliner, relaxing in my bedroom, when my sister, my friend, called me from Birmingham, Sharon. I have continued to replay this scene over and over again in my head because it was just a shocker to me. When I answered the phone, I remember her saying, Kim Marie, that's what she called me. Kim Marie, I have breast cancer. And I sat back in my recline, I was like, what? She said, yes, I took a mammogram back in December 2015 and everything was okay. But I found a lump in my breast um, a few weeks ago and the test coming back is breast cancer. And they told me I had to go on chemotherapy, the pill, and I had to take radiation. So I was being very encouraging to her. And I told her, you know, Sharon, we're going to get through this because, you know, we've, we've seen people survive cancer, especially breast cancer. You know, you don't think anybody's going to really go from that. Um, if they find a lump early enough, they can be, you know, saved. They can survive it. So she said, um... The doctor was in there telling her, and when a nurse came in, um, she had a look on her face, and she said, uh, or asked the nurse and doctor, is this the death sentence for me? And that was funny that she said that because it literally was a death sentence for her. So this is on a Friday night, and um, she had gone to the, to the hospital that next day because when I talked to her that Friday night, she was still hoarse. She had had a cold for a while, and she told me that a previously before she called me the other night that she couldn't breathe she said I really couldn't breathe and so she ended up going to the hospital on that Saturday the next day and um, her husband went with her and I'm thinking everything was okay you know she's going to get checked out because she has had she had had that 
congestion for a while and I said you really need to get that checked out and they had, had her on some medication for it but um it was actually something else we wasn't aware of so Sharon was in the hospital that night and I kept checking on her um that Sunday I I checked on her and she actually texted me back and said breath the breast cancer has spread to her lungs and her liver so the congestion that she was feeling when she could not breathe it had spread to her lungs already little did i know little did we know it was metastatic breast cancer i, I didn't know what that was until um about a year after when i started seeing commercials on metastatic breast cancer so it had spread quickly in her lymph nodes to her lungs and her liver and i was like oh my god this was sunday okay and Leroy was telling me, you know, they was gonna, they doing all these tests and everything's gonna be fine. Within three days after she she was diagnosed with the metastatic breast cancer that spread to her lungs and her liver, she had passed away. From March 25th all the way up to like that Wednesday, she passed away, I believe that Wednesday. I did not realize that my sister was gonna be gone. We did not have a chance to even prepare for this. I mean, it was just a shocker for me. Her death is still a shocker. At least, you know, with my uncle who had colon cancer, we knew, you know, the end would, would, may, would maybe be at near because he was suffering for five years. You know, we didn't get a chance to even, God, to even grasp the idea that this girl was dying from breast cancer. My sister, my sister, my friend. When I got the news, I remember I was at um, work. I was at SunTrust downtown at the plaza. And um, I got a call. And I noticed the phone number. And so um, I left my desk and I went upstairs because my, my plans was to, to come home that weekend to check on her and see if she was okay. Really see if she was okay. And I went upstairs to the second level and I got got the news when I talked to her sister, Yvette. I was like, you know, I'm coming home Wednesday. How is Sharon doing? She said, Sharon passed. And I was like, what do you mean Sharon passed? I just talked to her the other day. What are you saying? She said, Sharon passed. Last, last night she passed. I, and I must have let out this loud noise of grief because everybody who's on first level looked up some people came running to my rescue i was facility manager in that building so a lot of people knew me and i guess my my grief cry was so loud i wasn't aware of people came upstairs and ran to me and said are you okay are you okay and i was like oh my god my she's dead my sister's dead what from from a diagnosis she just got it was just a summertime for me you know it was a summertime for me this girl had told me friday night previous to this call i got that she thought it was a destined for for her and it was it was horrible i've never i've never experienced it before because it was such a shocker it just came so quickly she go into the hospital and then she's dead within a week? How does this happen? How does this happen?
And what's so funny is, um, I, I remember her telling me when we were um, dealing with my, my mom's car accident she had in 2015, and my dad dying, and my uncle dying of colon cancer. When I was in Birmingham, just a few months prior to her, her death, I remember her telling me, I was always with Sharon. Sharon would always be by my side. We'd be by each other's side. And she said, Kim Marie, girl, we ain't never spent this much time together in a long time. You know, even though this tragedy is bringing us together, she said, we ain't never spent this much time together. Little did I know that this time I was spending with my sister, my friend, would be the last time that we would be together. Literally, it would be the last time. I did not know that. Only God knew that. You know, she was coming up to um, Atlanta for her birthday. She didn't even make it up here. It would have been her 46th birthday. She died when she was 45. But little did I know that that last time that the tragedy brought us together in 2015 would be the last time I spent these wonderful memories with my sister. It hurt me so bad. It hurt so bad. We'll be right back. Fighting the Thorns of Life is looking for guests to share their stories on the show. If you would like to share the thorns you are fighting in your life, please contact us at fightingthornsoflifeshow at gmail.com or on Instagram at fightingthornsoflifeshow. Fighting the Thorns of Life. I'm your host, Kimberly Nichelle. Today, we continue to discuss the vile, cruel, and internal enemy we all know as cancer, bring awareness to various colors of cancer during the month of October. This segment, we're going to be conversing about brain cancer. It's the cancer that no one really talks about. Research shows that 13,590 men and 10,300 females will be diagnosed with malignant tumors of the brain and spinal cord. 10,190 males and 70,830 females would die from brain and spinal cord tumors. The risk of developing any type of brain or spinal cord tumor is slightly higher among women than among men but the risk of developing a malignant tumor is slightly higher for men than for women. Overall, research indicates that the chance that a person would develop a malignant tumor of the brain or spinal cord in his or her lifetime is less than 1%. Less than 1%. Hear me, less than 1%. I am stressing this percentage for a reason because my mother is in that less than 1% ratio. Yes, I never would have thought that my mother, who, who has been in remission of colon cancer for 21 years, would be diagnosed with brain cancer. This was so far from my mind. The day she was diagnosed, which was only about a month ago, September 15, 2020, me and my mom were both shocked. The immobile ability of her left leg was being caused by a tumor on the right side of her brain. For those who are not familiar with anatomy, the right side of your brain controls the movement on your left side of the body and vice versa. I had my mom 
on the show with me briefly and I want you to listen to her candid interview with me. Today I have my mom on the show to tell her feelings toward her new diagnosis with brain cancer. So mom, take me back to Sunday evening, September 13, 2020, when your journey started. What happened? Take us all there. Well, I wasn't feeling very well that day, so I decided I was going to retire early. So I went to take a bath. I got in the bathtub, relaxed. When I got ready to get out, I couldn't get out. I normally take my cell phone in the restroom with me, but I didn't take it in that day. So I can call for someone to help me get out. I tried to get out and I couldn't get out. I continued trying and I couldn't get out. So you're saying your left leg was, was locked. You couldn't get out. Yes, it was my, hurting. Yes. And so I'm gonna intercept here. So my mom um, had sciatica and we thought it was sciatica, her sciatica nerve that was causing the issues. Um, so I, I, mean, I didn't really think anything about it. I'm going inter to intercept here. So um, on Monday, I get a call from my nephew, DeAndre, and he asked me, have I heard from my mother? And I was like, no, I've been trying to call her, so I'm kind of concerned now. This time was like 7 o'clock on a Monday. What time did you get in the tub on, on Sunday, mother, Sunday evening? Between... Uh Four and five o'clock. Okay, so you was in that tub basically for over 24 hours. Yes. And so um, when you were in there, you tried to get up, you couldn't get up. So what are you, what were you doing, running water to keep warm and stuff? Because that's kind of scary to be stuck in a tub. Yeah, the water was getting cold, so I just had to turn the hot water on to keep warm. Okay, that was smart. Okay. So yeah, I get a call from my nephew, um, you guys, who's listening, my listeners, and it kind of concerned me, so he told me, he said, Auntie Kim, I haven't heard from Grandma, we usually talk on Monday, and I've been calling and calling, I said, okay, I'm kind of concerned, because I called Ma, and I called her Sunday night, she didn't come to the phone, and sometimes Ma, Mama goes out, so I'm thinking she might be out, so I didn't think anything of it, and I had texted her that Monday, this about the same time she had gotten to that that Sunday around four o'clock and I didn't hear anything from my mom and then my nephew called me around 6 30 with the information that he haven't heard from his grandma so he said I'm going over to my grandma's house and if a car's out there I'm going to call the police and have them break down the door I said okay Trey go do that call me when you get there so my mind just went all over the place because I I don't I'm, I don't know think my mom knows this but my mind went to okay I haven't heard from my mother. Is she in there dead or something? Am I gonna have to go home and bury her? It's just, it really scared me to death. I didn't know what to think. I was calling my friend and um, he was telling me, just calm down. He was singing to me, talking to me. I said, this is not helping. So anyway, my nephew got there, DeAndre, and he said, Auntie Kim, um, grandma's car is there. I'm calling the police. Okay, so he called the police. And they literally said um, they could not break down the door because all the things that's happened with Black Lives Matter and no knock warrants were issued, so I understood that. So we called my sister, who has a key to my mom's apartment, so she got the key. She was, she's just frantic the whole time, okay? So anyway, I'm thinking, Lord, please don't let my mom be in there dead. I just, just, I just can't handle it right now. So anyway... 
they got the door open and they um saw the mom was in the tub so when they got here mom what what happened can you tell us well they got me out the tub i was hungry my oldest grandson cetra asked me i asked him to go get me something to eat and he just looked at me something to eat you're going to the hospital and now now i'm hungry so he went to Subway and he got me a Subway sandwich and I sit there and I ate the sandwich. And they tried to get me to the bed and I told them I didn't want to go to bed. I wanted to stay right on the floor where I was, felt relaxed. I ate the sandwich. Probably about 30 to 40 minutes later, I started to feel nauseated and I threw this sandwich up and he told me I was going to the hospital. So I this was this was um I think this was the next day Monday. Mo okay, yeah. this okay this was Monday, um, because he called me on Tuesday morning I, I believe it was. Um, he said you had throw throw it up. I guess he didn't know you had throw it up. So, and he told me um my listeners my nephew called me that that Tuesday morning. Evidently um he was in the living room and mom was still in the back. She was in the same spot where he left her in. And she could not move. Is that correct, Mom? Yes. She couldn't move. She was throwing up. And she was thinking it was from um, just a Subway sandwich that he gave her because she said she has acid reflux real bad. And so he had put a lot of things on that sandwich, so she was throwing up. But he was concerned. He said, Kim, um, Grandma is still in the same place I left her. I, um, she can't walk. And I said, okay. And did you want to go to the hospital? I don't think my mom wanted to go to the hospital. Is that right? I did want to go to the hospital, but anyway, my uh, daughter and my grandson then said I was going to the hospital, so they called the paramedics to come and get me. Okay, so they did call paramedics, and I was talking to them during that time. Um, I was in Georgia. My mom lives in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. So um, my sister um, and my nephews convinced her to go to the hospital because we just wanted to make sure she was okay because she couldn't walk. And so... Me, I, again, I'm thinking it was her sciatic nerve that was causing her these issues because she was in a car accident back in 2015. Um, she had had a minor stroke from that car accident because she was stuck in the car, couldn't get out, and she had some injuries, and so it caused um, injury to her sciatic nerve. So I'm thinking that she was in that tub for so long that it, it um, caused the sciatic nerve to just stiffen up. So this is what we, we were thinking. We didn't think of anything else. So anyway, they take her to the hospital. I'm on my way to Alabama, frantic, you know. I'm like, okay, at least my mom is alive. You know, we just going to take her, get her to the hospital, and they're going to keep her for observation. So this is Tuesday. So this, she was in a tub September 13th. Um, they found her September 14th. Just sitting in the tub. That's 24 hours. So this right now is September the 15th. This is Tuesday, September the 15th, 2020. Okay, so I get to Birmingham. Um, my sister um, is up there with her in ER, and because of COVID, it was only one person who can go with her. Everybody can go in with her. And Birmingham, they at least allow one family member to go in um, to see their family member within a 24-hour period. So my sister was with her. I got there, and I called her, and she came down. So she was telling me that um, mom's in ER. And I was talking to my mom, and I asked mom, I said, well, can you walk? And she said, yeah, I can walk. I'm okay. And let's see, my sister Leslie, she grabbed the phone. She said, mom can't walk. And I said, okay. She said, no, she can't walk. I said, okay. But why she said she can walk? She can't walk. 
So anyway, long story short, my sister went home with her girls. She has two girls she had to go see by her girls. So I went to ER. We um, tapped, tapped in, tapped out. They allowed me to come in after my sister left because of the COVID. So I told them I was her daughter and I wanted to see about my mom. So they let me in ER. Okay, so this is, um, let's see where we are, Tuesday. She's in ER. Doctors come and they they asking her what happened. She's telling them everything. Um, so um, get there. Uh, doctor comes up and he said we're gonna do a cat. We're gonna do a cat scan of her. Um, no, no. He told me they did a cat scan from of you from your chest down to your kidney and your liver. Is that right? When you got to the ER, I was complaining about a headache because I had a nasty headache. And I told him I had been having headaches for a year, and I was on uh, pressure pills, blood pressure pills. My blood pressure was up. They did an MRI and did a CT scan. So what I what I was um, told when I got there, Mom, was that they did a CT scan, not of your head. They did a CT scan of your your um, chest down to your liver and your kidney because you were throwing up. They wanted to see why you were throwing up. They thinking it, it might have been some kind of infection. Okay, so the doctor comes in and he tells me they they did a CT scan. This is before they did an MRI, I believe. And he told me they did a, a liver and a kidney, and she had um, inflammation of her gallbladder. So I'm like, okay, so that's that's not that's fixable, whatever. So he's like, well, you know, it's not that severe. Her inflammation of the gallbladder is from her throwing up so much. So I asked him. I used to be pre med. Um, went to UAB, was pre-med before I changed my major, but I asked myself, why did you do a CT scan of just her, her chest and just down her liver kidney? I said, why didn't you do a CT scan of her head or whatever, just the whole body? So he said, well, they didn't um, order that. I said, well, I think, I think that would be wise if you do that. So anyway, fast forward, they decided to do that. So they said, well, Miss, Miss um, Hardy, that's me. Miss Hardy, do you want your mom to stay for observation? She didn't want to. I said, yes, she's staying for observation because I want to make sure she's okay. Okay, so they moved her to a room. You remember them moving move you to a room? Okay. Okay, so we still in hospital, University of Alabama Hospital, UAD. We are in a room now. Okay, so they do the, the CAT scan. Uh... A neurosurgeon comes in new, from neurology, and he asks her, you know, Miss Townsend, what, what happened? And he, she tells her, tells him the story. And so he said, okay. So um, he said, um, have you been having any headaches? So he did say that. Yes. Okay. And so I said, yeah, she, she's been having headaches um, for over a year because um, he was like, what well, did your primary, your doctor you're going to, did he prescribe you anything for the headache? And so what they was what were they telling you when you was going to your, your doctor for the headaches, Mother? Um, they prescribed me blood pressure pills because each time I went, my pressure was up. Okay. So I was taking them on one a day. So she was on blood pressure medication. Then she was thinking, well, I got to get my teeth fixed, you know. Maybe it's my teeth. She keeps have, kept having these headaches. And, you know, I would be on the phone with my mom sometimes. She was like, oh, God, my head hurts. My head hurts. And I'm like, well, have you gone back to the doctor? Have they prescribed you better blood pressure medication, you know, she said, yeah, you know, I said, okay, mother, and then we had an incident, I go back to what's, what's going on currently, but we had an incident with my mother um, prior to her um, being stuck in a tub two weeks prior, 
I was on the phone with her, and um, it was on a Saturday, and she had she had gotten laid off from from the COVID virus, so she had to get on unemployment. Okay, so in Georgia, you had to certify I think on a Sunday to get your your unemployment for that week. So this is on a Saturday and and mid Saturday, and I'm talking to her, and she's you know saying I miss filing for my unemployment. It is Monday. I said, Mother, no, it's Saturday. She said, No, it is Monday. She argued me down for thirty minutes. I said, Mother, you're scaring me. I'm thinking, does she have does she have early Alzheimer's? It really scared me. I said, Mother, you're scaring me. This is Saturday. Okay, I get back to that later. So when the doctor came up, I was telling him everything, and I told him she had a lot of headaches. He said, Well, we did a CAT scan. We find out that she has a tumor on her frontal lobe. It was just dead silence, and I was like, Well. You know, this is this is when I, I was not expecting a tumor. And my mom looked, can you tell me how you felt? You remember when he told you what you said? When you told me I had a, a mask on my frontal lobe, and I know what the frontal lobe is, you know, it's caused, uh, one, first of all, cause what the memory is, you know, memory lapse. Mm-hmm. It caused memory lapse, mm-hmm. and uh, it caused a uh, speech defect and other, you know, it has to do with your behavior. Yeah, it has a lot to do with your behavior also, okay? Okay, so what were your thoughts when he told you that, though? Do you remember what you said? I don't exactly remember what I said, but I was thanking God, you know, that I knew the Lord was going to take care of me because he had taken care of me, and he promised he'd never leave me. Yeah. So the only thing I did was pray and believe in God that he was going to bring me through again. So what... What Mama did is um, when he told us, my mom looked up. She said, "Really, a tumor?" And I looked, and I was like, "I just felt like, okay, Lord, is this really happening?" And I was like, "Please don't let it be malignant." And so he was like, "Well, if you sh- if you are to have a tumor, it's in a good spot." And I was like. Okay, this is an oxymoron, a tumor in a good spot. So he said, it's in a good spot, it's in the frontal lobe, it has not been embedded in her brain. So it's like right at the at the top, and we can grab it. And I remember my mom saying, well, uh, can you just do laser to get it? And so he was telling me, no, because it was a, a, a big mass, they were going to have to operate. And I was like, my mom had to have surgery on her head. I was just tripping, because I was, I was just like, is this really happening? You know, I I just didn't know what to think. I just, because I had gone through her with, with her before through colon cancer 21 years ago. She's a colon cancer survivor. And I'm like, do I have to go through this again? But now she got a brain tumor. Please don't let this be cancer. You know? Right, Mom? Yes. And it turned out to be cancer. Well, yeah, it did. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to the story. So anyway, um, they said that they was going to take her to, um, um, ICU. So I knew it was something really um, serious because from that room, within a couple hours, they sent her to ICU, and I'm like, okay. And had I, I was talking to one of my friends. It was it was about like 11 o'clock at this time of night, and so I was like, I need I need some some help here because when she was diagnosed with colon cancer back um, in 1999. I at least had my husband there, and I had friends there who can get through. But COVID wouldn't let anybody there, and you had to deal with these issues on yourself. I was just like about to fall out 
I thought I was gonna have to just slide down the wall like I did when I when I found that she had colon cancer. But I had, I had no body there to support me, and I was like, okay, I need to call somebody. And I called my my friend Ronnie from Tennessee. I remember we stayed on the phone for about three hours, and he was encouraging me, and I was laughing, you know, because I had to get my mind off of this. So anyway, she's in ICU now, and they are gonna prepare her uh, for surgery. This is Tuesday. She had swelling on her brain. I, uh, you remember they told you had swelling. It was yes. swollen. She had swelling on her brain. And so they had to give her steroids to get the swelling down. So this is now September the 16th. They say we're going to get the swelling down, and then we're going to take her into surgery on um, September the 17th, which is a Thursday. So they got the swelling and everything down, and um, <laughs> it was just a scary time. I just, I just don't know how to explain it. But anyway, so she went through surgery. She um went through surgery, uh, came out. I don't know if you remember coming out, do you? Yes. Do you? Okay. So um let me let me let me back up for a minute. Um the neuro the neurosurgeon had my number and my sister's number. So um when they took a, the surgery, me and my sister went and got something to eat just to keep our mind off of things and we were driving around, and I think the surgery took like about six hours. It was a long time. So he called us, and my sister, she's she's tried to be strong, but she said, oh, you, you talk to him. And so I put it on speakerphone, and so he said, well, this is uh, Dr. Fisher. I think his name, his name is Dr. Fisher. He's, he's a neurosurgeon here in UAB. And he said, well, this is um, Dr. Fisher, and I just want to give her, um, you know, a pro prognosis of what we found with your mother and how she's doing. She did she did very well. We was like, okay, okay. So he was like, well, um, she did have a tumor, you know, at the front frontal lobe, and I think I got I got all of it. He said it's, st it's stage four, but because we called in time, it had not embedded itself in the brain. I said, okay. He said, yeah. He said, um... What she has is a tumor called, I'm trying to pronounce it, glioblastoma tumor grade four. Yes, and he said, um, this is one of the most aggressive tumors anybody can have, but it was in a, a good place. Um, because we caught her in time, she, she's um, maybe gonna survive more than the average person would have survived this type of tumor. Um, he said, I think I got all, all of it. She's going to need um, radiation and chemo. The radiation, because we, we have pinpoint what, where the tumor was, and sometimes um, the tumor has um, roots and um, tentacles, and we want to make sure we get all of it so, so it don't grow back so she's in a good place. Well, I was like, wow. Well, I said, it's cancer. He said, and it is malignant. So um, we got to go um, aggressive with the treatment. So she is going to have to have radiation therapy for six weeks every day, every day. She's a trooper, though, because I don't know if I can do that. And then she's going to have to take this chemotherapy pill called Tumador, which has a lot of side effects, and that scared me to death. It just, it's just not a good pill. I mean, this pill can cause, it says it causes cancer and all other issues, and I'm just like, oh, my God, seriously? So um, anyway, um, after the, the surgery, you know, she came out as a, a, a trooper. She came out praying and praising the Lord. Um, I was just in awe. She was quoting scriptures and praising God, and I was helping her. This is a strong woman who's been through a lot. This woman, um, 
loves everybody, pleases people, will give you the shirt off her back, will give you her, her shoes and socks. I give you my, my shoes, she'll give you the shoes and socks. She loves everybody. And I'm like, why does she have to go through this, Lord, again? Why is she suffering like this again? And um, what are your thoughts, Mother? My thoughts are the fact is we all go through trials and tribulations. And I'm listening to what Kim was saying. Why am I going through? Why not me? Because God take us through trials. He make us strong. And that makes each... And when I had colon cancer and even with this brain uh, tumor, it made me stronger. Not only stronger in the Lord, but I can tell other people about my trials and tribulations. Um, I feel... You know, that's a time and season for everything. Yeah, it is. It's a time and season for everything. Things happen and for a reason. Things happen for a reason. So it wasn't my time to go. So God got something for me, better for me. And in my testimony, I can tell others about it. Because when I had the colon cancer, I had people to come and cry. And I had to slap one girl. She said, I'm finna die. And I had to slap her and tell her, hey. You don't give up on anything. God didn't give up on us. He said he'll never leave us, not forsake us. So you have to believe and trust in God. That's true. So the thing, I look at the fact, if it's worth my time to go, okay, I'm not going no place till God get ready for me to go. But Amen. I thank God that he allowed me to go through uh, the trials that I've been, I've been through quite a few trials that other people would have seriously died of. So I believe and trust in God. So I just... Praise him. I give him the praise and the glory. Amen. So I used to tell others, I'm a person that have empathy and I love to counsel people and tell them, hey, you don't give up on God mm -mm. because God is not going to give up on you. That's right. He, he will never give up on you. He will never mm -hmm. leave us up or take us. Yeah, so my um, consolation came from when, I, when one of my friends told me, I was like, she, she's got to suffer through this again. And so um, G Mama, William's mom, told me, she said, um, yeah, she does, but God sent us his only begotten son, and he suffered for us. He let his own son suffer, so your mom may have to suffer. You get closer to Christ, you're going to have to suffer, and I'm like, that is so true. That is so true. But she's doing very well now. Um, we're praying that she come out of this chemo and radiation um, as a trooper, because she is a trooper. She's a strong, spiritual woman, guided by God. And I just uh, just thank God for and I thank God that he's uh, giving me more time with my mother because um, they had said if they hadn't caught this glioblastoma tumor grade 4 in time, it would spread it to her brain within six months and she probably wouldn't be here. So I'm just very grateful that she shared her story with us today. I'll keep y'all posted on how she's doing on future episodes. I just want to just tell people that... Um, Stay strong, stay prayed up. Um, know that um, life is worth living. If you're suffering from any kind of cancer, any kind of disease, fight, fight, fight. Because you're worth the fight. Your life matters. We'll be right back. Thanks for sharing, Mom. I love you. Love you, too. We'll be right back. Yeah.
guys, welcome back to Fighting the Thorns of Life. First, let me add the disclaimer, I do not own rights to this music, This Is Okay by Kirk Franklin, which is a lead-in to the Thankful Thoughts segment, where I read thankful thoughts from a listener or have someone on the show to give their thankful thoughts. Like Kirk Franklin says, Life is taking everything that I have just to survive, but it's going to be okay. Today I'm going to give my own thankful thoughts. I am so thankful that the Lord has given me another day to be with my mother. In spite of the brain tumor she has been diagnosed with, they caught it in time, so we have more years to spend with her. I just thank you God for giving me my mother another chance to, to just pour into her life to say thank you. And this is her chance for another testimony. I also thank you God for giving me a job during my layoff. I was laid off back in August 31st due to the COVID pandemic. And that job that I had, my full-time job, actually helps me with my projects, like this podcast. So just a few days ago, I was offered a, a job remotely, contract position. It won't last forever, but it's something. Because I got my last severance pay on Friday, and they contacted me at the contract office and told me that they wanted me for this position, which would be up until April or May. So it's something. Something's better than nothing. God always shows up on time. He's always showed up on time in my life, and I just praise him for that. I'm grateful to have money coming to my home, and then I get to work remotely so I can see about having my mother take her radiation and chemo treatments. I can be there for her. I can work in Birmingham remotely so it's just a blessing I just say thank you God and I'm very thankful we all have something to be thankful for in spite of what we're going through just lift your hands to the hills from which comes your help if you're going through something just know God has you and he'll lead you he'll guide you he'll never forsake you we'll be right back Voting is a right, a right to change the pathway of your life, a right to choose someone who understands your needs, a right to challenge the status quo. Your voice is your vote. Do it loudly, do it proudly, vote. November 3rd, 2020. Well guys, that's our show for today. Before we go, we have been touching on a heartfelt epidemic of cancer, and I like to give those who are suffering from, from this epidemic a word of encouragement. Do not let your diagnosis define who you are or stop you from being you. Continue to find your strength in your struggle and fight to live because your life matters. If you want to share your thoughts, comments, or the thorns you are fighting in your life, please contact me on IG at Fighting Thorns of Life Show or email me at Fighting Thorns of Life Show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this show and listening for the month of October. And remember to always be grateful for what you have because your valley is always someone else's mountain. Until next time, take care.